Pastor Steve is going to talk to you uh, about more about what faith promise means. And so I'm going to set him up by reading our scripture out of the book of Romans. So if you want to turn to the book of Romans, I invite you to do so. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 to 15. If you have a Bible, you can read that. Or there's some in front of you as well um, that we can read from. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 to 15. I love this scripture. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, man, I love this, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Eric. Uh, wow, it's been a few weeks since I've been up here in this, at least in this portion of this, of our worship service. And in the first service, my wife had to elbow me and say, it's your turn. <laughs> so, you know, I finally got up here and remembered, yeah, this is how it's done. So welcome. I'm, I am Steve, one of the pastors here, and glad that you're here with us today as we wrap up our uh, session, our series of messages, and this time of conference, uh, Change the World. Neighborhoods to Nations. I've appreciated so much Gary Wright and Randy Young came and just were marvelously ministered to us and appreciate them and also appreciate all those that have come and set up their tables, been part of of um, showing us some of the ministries that are going on, what we're partnering with, and hopefully you've got a chance to interact with them. You got one more chance after service today. But would you would you give them a warm thank you for, for being here and for everything they've done? I appreciate that. Um, we'll mention, I'm glad you're here today, but come back next week, invite a friend, and we're, we're just excited. I don't know if you follow uh, this or not, but um, the last week of last Sunday of um, October, typically, and especially this year, is known as Reformation Sunday. And uh, in our tradition, we traditionally have not done a lot of, of commemorating the Reformation and things like that, and, but, but this year's kind of special. Uh, it was, uh, most historians and church historians say, on October 31st, 1517, which would be 500 years ago, on October 31st, the Protestant Reformation began. And so we're going to spend uh, the next series, about five weeks, on, on reform. And not only what did it mean then, but what does it mean to us today? And so we're excited about it and looking forward to it. encourage you to be here for our series, Reform. But today we're wrapping up our, our missions conference. And yes, at the end of the service, just to let you know, we will be asking you that if you've, if you've been praying about your faith promise, that you would take that card that's in the program and that you would fill it out and say, here's how much I'm going to give this year. I, I, I plan on giving. I, my, my commitment as I've been praying with the Lord is this is a number for our missions outreach here at French Church. And uh, Pastor Eric read the passage in Romans to start with today. And Romans, as you probably know, and along with other books of the New Testament, several others, are written by the Apostle Paul. 
who some people refer to as the greatest missionary of all time. And so he certainly was a, a, an incredible um, tool used by God. And if you were here this summer, you followed uh, Paul along with us as we watched him go through um, Galatia and up through Macedonia and Greece and on to Rome on his mission journey. And so we, we got involved in his, this missionary, his life, and what it means to sell out totally, to go and serve God, to take the gospel everywhere. And so as, as we did that and as Pastor Eric was reading, there's, there's just a little backstory to this passage in Romans chapter 10. In fact, it, you see it really very clearly in 10.1, which was not read. It's a, it's a verse that gives us a, just a little bit of insight, just a peek into the heart of Paul. Because he says this, it's my heart desire and my prayer to God that the Israelites be saved. <clears throat> Paul's heart and his prayer was that his people, his people, the Israelites, would come to know God. But as he looked at them, he, 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 had, he understood they were, they were fervent, they were, they were passionate about their faith. In fact, he says, you have a lot of zeal. You, they are zealous for, for, for their God, but they're, but they're zealous in ways that, at this point, were not bringing salvation. They were zealous for keeping the rules. They were zealous for all the laws that were there and making sure everything was done just right. But they missed the most important thing that they could have ever discovered, and that was Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. And Jesus came, and he says, he says you missed that in your zeal to be a good person, in your zeal to be a good, uh, to be good Israelite, you missed Jesus Christ. And then he says, though, but it's not too late. In fact, in that same chapter, chapter 10, verse 9, he says, it's not too late. It's not too late if you confess with your mouth that, or he says, actually, if you, yeah, if you confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. He says, it's not too late. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you can be saved. And then he says this, but it's not just for the Jew. It's for the Gentile. It's for everybody. He says, the whole world, Christ is Lord of all. And that brings us to our scripture that Pastor Eric read. Chapter 10, verse 13 says this. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, Paul had no pride of authorship of that line. Actually, that was first stated by the prophet Joel. Chapter 2, verse 32 of Joel, in his, in his description of the, of the coming day of the Lord, he says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved in that day. And in fact, uh, before Paul even stole it, uh, Peter took it. And Peter used it in chapter 2 of Acts when he's, when, on the day of Pentecost. And everybody's looking around saying, what's going on here? And Peter starts quoting the the prophet Joel, and he ends with, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone, anyone, Jew, Gentile, can call. 
young and old, slave and free, rich and poor, cultured and the crude. <laughs> doesn't make any difference. We can all come to the name of the Lord and call on him. Now, there's one thing I want us to understand here, this call. This word call is, is not a casual call. You know how you might call out to somebody? Example in my life is when I open up the refrigerator and I don't see what I'm looking for. And you know who I call to? <laughs> I call, Sheila, do we have any ketchup? <laughs> of course, your line is move a few things and you'll see it. <laughs> you know, or maybe, maybe you um, want to reach out to somebody. You say, I'm going to give them a call. And you get your phone. You know, that's, that's how we think of call. But this, this word in the Greek, this call, is much more intense, much more in-depth, much more meaningful than that. It means, it means taking on the name of. It's, it's to be identified with. When I call on God, I'm saying, I want to be identified with you. I want to be, I want to be, actually, I want to take your name. Christian. I, 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 I. I want to agree with you about myself and my sin, and I want to I follow you and, 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 and bring honor and glory to your name. So he says, so it's those people who call on God, who said, you are my God, and I will serve you. It's those folks who will be saved. The good news of the gospel of Jesus is for everyone it's for everyone. And therefore, because salvation through Christ has been provided for all, it must be proclaimed to all. Because this gospel has been provided for all, it must be proclaimed to all. And so it's at this point that Paul shifts gears in the Scripture Instead of talking about the unbeliever or the seeker's responsibility in calling out in salvation, he turns it and he starts to talk about the believer's responsibility and our job in bringing that seeker to Christ. He talks about our responsibility. He goes on in verse 14 and he says this, how then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Question mark, and he let it hang. It's hanging out there for us to answer today. He, he didn't provide an answer, and he didn't, Invite discussion. How are you going to argue with Paul's thoughts here? Is there any way to say, now, Paul, you're wrong? No, he's made a pretty solid argument. And he's made it backwards than what we might have thought. He's, he says, he goes from call to believe, from believe to hear, to hear, to preach, to preach to sent. And I want to, just for a second, look at the other way around and look at the progression. How does the word of God go out? How does it go out to our community? How does it go out to the world? And we start, first of all, with first and foremost, somebody must be sent. Somebody must be sent. And when you're sent, when you're sent by somebody, you, you're not going of your own volition. You're going because of the directions of a higher authority, right? 
You're not just going, and Paul was not just going, and the prophets in the Old Testament weren't just going. They were sent by God. I don't know where God may be sending you. You say, well, he's not sending me to um, Columbia or Vietnam, as we heard that week. He may not be, but he may be sending you to your office. He may be sending you somewhere else. He may be sending you to some young people. He may be sending you to some relatives. He may be sending you to people you don't like even. But God sends, and we go not because it's our own desire, but because somebody has sent us. Somebody has to be sent. Another thing, when you're sent, you don't go with your own message. You go with the message of the authority who sent you, right? And so we go not carrying our own word, but we go carrying the word of God that there is salvation. There is a name above every name, a name that can save And if you confess with your mouth, and if you believe in your heart, you can be saved too. Isn't that good news? The good news of the gospel. And so, so first of all, there must be someone sent. The prophets were sent. Jesus was sent with a message. Paul was sent with a message. And we are all sent with a message. Go make disciples. Go, go, go. It wasn't just for 12 or 100, but for 2,000 years, it's been the call to you and to me and to all of us to go, go, go. We have been sent by God. We're sent, but then we're sent for a specific purpose. It is to preach. And in this case, what do we preach? We preach the message that we've been given, what the authority has told us to go and, and preach and make disciples. Some versions of the Bible you may have may think, give you what you may think is an out on this. Because some versions say um, that how can they hear without a preacher? And you may say, oh, so the guy up front, he's the only one, right? But that's not what it means. The scripture there, the, 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 the Greek there says that it is someone preaching. It is someone preaching. They can't hear unless someone is preaching. They don't have to be a paid professional. They don't have to be someone who's, who's skilled in handling the word. It just has to be somebody that's gone into situations and says, hey, I got good news. You can repent to Shuba, and you can be saved. Good news. You can preach. You're not off the hook this morning because you're not up here. You got it? You're not off the hook. This is for all of us. Mark 16, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the good news to all creation. Take it everywhere because anyone who calls on the name of the Lord or everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We got to go. If the gospel has been revealed and, 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 and available to everybody, it needs to be preached to everybody. And once they preach... They hear. You know, in that day, about the only way to receive the gospel was through hearing. Um, the New Testament wasn't written. A few of Paul's letters would have been written and circulated. But there, there wasn't a printing press and Bibles weren't available everywhere. There weren't books you could buy to, to read about this story. You, you heard it. And so, and so today, even today though, the, the primary message is by preaching and teaching and sharing the Word of God. Well, sometimes it's visually. We have some other things like the TV and computers, and, but when we have other ways to hear it through Twitter and Facebook and other things. But, but we are told to go out and, get, and give the message so that people can hear. Find ways that they can hear. Have you ever thought about how does somebody hear the gospel best? 
when you go into another culture, how can they receive the gospel best? How do they hear? And we go and we preach and we teach so they can hear. And then it says this, after Paul says, how can they believe unless they hear? The next step is to believe. And this is where it gets difficult because we know you have a choice in belief, right? If I'm truly sent by God, and if you're truly sent by God to wherever you're going to go, you're, you're sent, and you preach, and, and if, if, unless they're tuning you out, they hear. But belief becomes a matter of choice. Accepting the Lord. Not just believing that he exists, but committing to him. Have trust in him. That's why Paul's heart was breaking. Do you remember what he said in verse 2? My heart's desire. My prayer to God is that the Israelites be saved. If you jump down to verse 16 there, it says, but they're not all saved. They're not all coming to the Lord. Some of them have refused. It's breaking his heart as it ought to break our hearts when some believe and some don't. But for those who do believe, they call on the Lord. They can be saved. And then Paul concludes with that verse, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. If you were here two weeks ago, you heard Gary Wright talk about the feet that bring good news. The feet of the runner who runs to the village back and says, we won. We won. Good news. One of the privileges of being involved in a church like Friends Church, one of the privileges of being involved in ministry is I see a lot of beautiful feet. Now, I don't go inspecting feet. You know what I mean. <laughs> I see a lot of folks who day in and day out take it as a, a calling. Take it as being sent to go out and to share this good news. It might be in your homes, it might be your work, but it might be in one of these ministries that Pastor Eric was referring to, the ones we initiate here. It might be involved in, in, being, a lot of, in, in being a lot of different ministries. It might be partnering. Partnering with others who have beautiful feet. That's fun. And it might be, as we heard from Randy Young last week, holding the rope for some of those folks with beautiful feet. William Carey, missionary to India, you remember from last week. He said, you hold the rope, I will descend into the darkness. This morning, we're going to ask you to support this mission work. We're going to ask you to be involved in what's going on. And I just thought maybe it would be good to review, to you, review with you about some people who have beautiful feet. Some people with beautiful feet. It starts with a work that we do in Jamaica. You know, um, it was a couple years ago that we were deciding where we're going to be our field of interest for mission work. And after prayer and consideration and research, we said, we're going to Jamaica. 
And we jumped in headfirst. And we have right now two works in Jamaica. And I don't know if you know that, but basically two works. There's a West End work or a West Coast work and a East Coast work. The East Coast work is, um, and that East Coast not just on the coast, the eastern half of Jamaica, is Dave and Shauna Good who we sent to Kingston. And they are there working, and they went to, they went to what uh, churches that I would call a group of, of, of um, they're, well, they're a group of French churches that have been there a long time. If you walk into their church buildings, you say, this has been here a while, okay? <laughs> and, and over the years, I, I, nobody else has given this term, but I would call them lethargic. This, this group of churches. And Dave and Shauna's church that they went to had, had declined and, and had not had a pastor for five years. And so they went into a church that was, that was, that was not dying, but it was, well, I guess maybe you would say dying. It was, it was slowly dying. And, and so they've been charged with reinvigorating that. And when they were here this summer, we met with them and we said, you know, when we see work being done around the world and we see the challenges around us, we see three key points. I think these are three considerations that, that mission work, that all of our work must be invested in. And that is this. Number one, we got to plant new churches plant new churches. In fact, that's true here in the United States. If you're going to reach more new people, more people in your community, statistics say the best way to do that is to plant a new church. And so we think we need to be about in our mission work, if we're, if we're going to strategically make a difference in the world, we need new churches. The second thing we need to do is we need to reach young people. You've heard the stories, I'm sure, to, in, here in America, if you're going to reach people, if you're going to reach people for Christ, you've got a lot better chance if you get them when they're young, when they're children, before they get set in their ways, before they get stubborn like a lot of us do in our, in our maturing years. And we says, let's reach out to the young people. And three, same thing Eric talked about earlier, let's make, let's make strategic partnerships. We believe strategic partnerships are incredibly important because we can team up with people who know more about subjects than we do, who are more, more talented, maybe more um, organized in this area, and we can partner up with them and expand our reach. Over the last few months, uh, down in Worthington at Dave's church, they've been investigating along with the other churches in, in, that, in that end of the, of, the, of the country the possibility of planting a new church on the outskirts of Worthington, the, the, um, the, or on the outskirts of Kingston. They, they are working on expanding their, their youth program. And we've, we've heard stories of some of their youth and stepping up as leaders, and we're excited about that. Just in the last few days, they've been meeting again with some leaders in the city who have been running a homeless shelter, but it had kind of fell apart a little bit. And, and so they are, they are working to um, reinstate that and actually having them meet at the Worthington French Church to start reinstating and reorganizing and, and helping the homeless in Kingston, and then expanding it to New Kingston, actually where they are in the newer section of town. They are working with, with young people and, and trying to bring the children to Christ, and so we're excited about some of the advancements that they're making in some tough areas of Jamaica. On the west coast, west is that way, right? Well, not, yeah. West coast, on the west coast is Kenton and Tiffany. These are some of our eastern region churches. These are the 11 churches that, that, that we support uh, through our, our giving through Evangelical French Church Eastern Region. And I wouldn't classify them as lethargic. 
My word for them is chaotic. <laughs> Over the last number of years, as these churches have sprung up and, and, and we've tried to, to bring them in the, into the fold, it's just, there's, there's this unorganization, you know, when things are not just organized and, and nobody knows what's going on and no, some people, you feel abandoned at times. And so through the reorganization of our own denomination here over the last year and a half, there's a new task force that we are leading and Pastor Jim is, is extremely involved in. We and a couple other of the larger churches and we're putting together this plan for, for these churches that, that have so much potential on the western part of Jamaica. And I'm really excited. This January, Pastor Jim will be going down along with, with others and hopefully taking some from this church. And we are going to be part of the first ever um, whole, well, we, wanna, we could say whole denomination, but the, all the churches down there coming together for a leadership and conference and really helping them organize as an organization. It's a model that we think is going to work and we think is, we're excited about. And we're going to help fund it because they can't afford to pay. They're going to a local college. It's going to be $3,000 just to rent that. The food will be three or $4,000. And then the transportation to get there. This is beyond the means of their pastors. Pastors are coming from churches, and they're bringing, uh, bringing some of their, um, their, their, their congregation. It's going to be what we would call like a yearly meeting. And we're going to sit down and say, okay, here's how you need to be organized. And we're going to have conversation with them. And actually, they're going to tell us what they think. And we're excited to be able to say we, we can partner, we can support, we can, we can help fund that. And so we'll be going, we'll be supporting that, and that work is going to be going on, and we're really pleased about that. Another of our major, major um, outreach is, is through uh, Norbu Tamang. Norbu, if you remember, is, has been a Bhutanese, Nepalese um, refugee had lived in Bhutan, got kicked out, lived in a refugee camp in Nepal for somewhere like 15 years before him and his family coming to the U.S. He is the pastor through us in what we helped set up at the Christian Community Friends Church in Columbus. We provide half of his support. Our denomination provides the other half. And he has not only planted that church, they've grown, so they've had to move into another church. He has planted a church in Reynoldsburg, uh, Columbus, and he's planted a church. I don't know how you do this from Columbus, but he's um, um, planted a church in Minnesota and planted a church in Texas. All friends' churches since he's been here, since we've been supporting him just over the last about two years now, year and a half to two years. He's also president of the BNCA, the Bhutanese, Nepalese Churches of America. All denominations come together, and he, is, and he is president of that. He's also, in his spare time, which I don't know how he his spare time, he's also earning his, his doctorate of ministry at Ashland Theological Seminary. And so we have the privilege of supporting this man with beautiful feet and the work that's being done, the outreach into the Bhutanese, Nepalese community. Not only do we do that, but uh, the biggest portion, uh, $3,000 a month, uh, the biggest single expense we have, goes to support other Friends missionaries around the world. Through EFM, Evangelical Friends Mission, and Evangelical Friends Church Eastern Region, we support somewhere around 30 missionary families in somewhere around 20 countries. And if you go out there right outside this door, you see all their cards, a lot of them out there. And these are just three of those families, but there's, there's, this is one 
one-tenth of the missionaries we support that from, from friends on a monthly basis. You met the Badgleys getting ready to go to Ecuador. Excited about that. Rupak and Pramil Tamang, that is Norbu's brother. And he is, was allowed to go back into Bhutan. He went in, him started with just him and his wife, and have started uh, uh, French churches all through Bhutan. And is doing a great work. And so we support them. And then this family to the right is very special to, to, to me. Uh, in 2011, they came to my home church where right the year before we came here and spent a year as missionaries in training. The Kibbe family, Ben and Charity, and then their family then left in 2012 and have been in Thailand, and they're ministering in Thailand. And not only are they ministering in Thailand, but they are going out into, into Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos, into the, into the villages, in the wilderness, in the, in the forests, and to reach out and bring Jesus to tribes for the first time, as we heard last week. And these are just, this is just a fraction of what we support on a regular basis. So those are some of our biggest expenditure items, but we have so much more that we support on, on a regular basis. We minister here at home. Uh, for, I'm going to go through these quickly. We don't have a lot of time. But our InterVarsity International Student Ministry with Bach Chu and so much done through Arlene Frankos and, and what we do there and helping in transportation, taking to airports, uh, um, uh, having them in for holidays and then for the Easter programs and so many other times that we minister through international uh, InterVarsity, it's a, it's a great ministry. Uh, upward basketball. We are right now getting into get the upward season, and we have a chance to minister to the children right here in this community. Remember I said kids are important? The children are important, and we have this upward ministry that is going on, and is, it's a fabulous way because not only do we get to teach them a little bit of basketball, but much more importantly, we get to talk to them about Jesus, go over their devotions with them, make sure they've memorized their verses, and you get... You get to, to speak into the lives of these children. But they need coaches and they need workers. You can stop out at their table. They would love it. Over the last year, one of the ministries we've been a, really be able to increase our support in because of your giving is, is Friends of Recovery. The Friends of Recovery, the first home for men, has opened in May. And they're right now taking men in and they are helping them through this recovery process in a safe place, teaching them about the Lord. And, and soon... They're looking to start the Aruka home, a women's home. And they're having a fundraiser coming up here very soon. There's information at the table there if you want to be part of Friends of Recovery. We've been able to support them financially, but we've also put hours and hours. The man hours that were put in to getting that home opened from this church were tremendous. Thank you to those who have who, who gave so much to making that happen. Finally, another one, the ministry that we partnered with just recently is, is Alan Brown's ministry and through, through Camino Global, the Helping Hispanics Hope. I don't remember a few months ago we had Alan up here and he told you about the need to, to go into the Painesville, the Lake County area, and to, and to help um, with some of the Hispanic-speaking young people especially. And English is a second language and, and just to help tutor and things like that. Some of you signed up. And we have people today from this church. In fact, I think the, the highest represented church that Alan's working with on this, of people gone in and, and signed up and said, I will, and they are doing it. Friday nights, they head over to the Y in Painesville and they teach English as a second language. We're going to hear from them in a few weeks. I'd love to get them up here and let them tell you what's going on. But I went out to Alan's table right out here, and I saw about eight or nine names signed up. 
I said, wow, more people to sign up and do that good work. Encourage you to do that. Uh, on this next slide is just some of the ministries. A lot of these are ones that we initiate and some we partner with. Um, we initiate City Mission. We go down and we work there. And we, we, we do that, that we partner with them by going down and helping them. Elizabeth Baptist. Uh, back to school we initiate in, in July every week or every week, every year in July, we uh, have an opportunity to, to, to help out uh, single mothers who need help and back to school. Betty's Boutique out back here where you can pick up uh, gently used clothes. Um, we, we, we initiate that. Uh, then there's other ones that we, just so many there that we partner with. Encourage you, if you haven't had a chance, check it out, see what we partner with. And finally, to close with, I just want to say we're not stopping we got things coming up that I'm so excited about. In fact, what do we got coming up? The first thing we got coming up, you know about this, is Youth Explosion. Youth Explosion, another way to reach the young people. And we need, we need some beautiful feet. We need lots of beautiful feet for this. And uh, because this, is, this, is a, this takes hundreds of volunteers to pull off on the 10th through 12th. If you can sign up, let us know you want to volunteer. But, but this is a huge event, and we need lots of volunteers. And we also need you to go out and invite your neighbors, your kids, neighbors' kids, and get them here. Let them be part of this because they'll hear Jesus. They'll hear about the gospel, and it'll be a life-impacting event. Maybe you want to get your feet muddy, or however it might be, or dirty, and you want to be part of Hurricane Cleanup, uh, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, if you want to be that, if that's what you want to do, this Tuesday we have an uh, informational meeting. Come and be a part of that. Maybe you're saying, I'm really interested in some of the new things, and, and we've talked about human trafficking. Well, we've, got a, we've just started a new task force on human trafficking. Amanda Marshall and, and Lynn Pierce are starting this, but we have others that are interested. And this is where we want to partner, partner with key ministries that are involved in this, learn the ropes, maybe some initiatives later on. But we want to be able to share and be able to be part of this Amazing ministry. Pastor Hubert. You remember Pastor Hubert from Hope Center India? India here a few, a few months ago. Um, they're, they're, the Hope Center is open in Indianapolis, the largest uh, aftercare facility in the country for those caught in human trafficking. I talked to him this week and said, what can you tell me? I can't tell you exactly what he told me probably, but I'll tell you this. He's, there are Law enforcement authorities contacting them all the time, including from Ohio. And he told me about the one just recently. And he said, the question is not, can we send somebody? The question is not, are you open? The question is, how many beds do you have? How many beds do you have available? That's, that's how much the services for the, are needed. And so be praying for that. Be praying for that ministry. And finally, as Pastor Eric mentioned earlier, coming in 2018, Celebrate Recovery. We are excited about that. We're excited about this opportunity to help people with their hurts, habits, hang-ups. I said, finally, there's one more. I almost forgot. Well, I'm really excited. In October of 2018, October, what's those dates? The next one, 4th through 7th, we are going to host the Evangelical Friends International Latin American Pastors Conference. Latin American pastors all over the Western Hemisphere, from, from Canada all the way down to South America, are going to be here, those pastors, for four days, and we are going to host them in their conference. This happens about once every three, four years. I'm not sure. But we're excited about that. We're going to need workers. We're going to need people to drive to the airport. We're going to need many people to house our pastors. And we're going to need... A lot of workers for that. 
So we're excited. These are some of the things that are coming up. And I'll tell you what, none of these could happen without you. None of these could happen without you. It's your giving. It's your faith promise commitments that make this happen. Let me tell you how this faith promise works. We've talked about it over the last few weeks. You've had to frequently ask questions. But when we tally up these cards of your commitments for giving, that's the number we set for our budget for missions next year. So whatever number you set, that's the number it is. In just a minute, the ushers are going to come, and we're going to collect the cards, and then we'll be dismissed. I hope you've had a chance to pray. I hope you've had a chance to think about how you want to be involved in missions. You know, I don't, my, my thought is we don't have to twist arms to say give, 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 give. We just need to tell you what's happening. Because when I hear what's happening, the good things going on, I want to give. And so, so we've spent our time telling you the good things that are happening, the exciting things that are happening, how God's moving. But we need you to give. On your card, and I turned mine in so I don't have it with me. Um, on your card is a place to put your name, an annual, monthly, or weekly gift. And then you don't need to put your name on it, but you might want to call our treasurer because she's the one that will see the cards and, during the year and say, hey, how much did I, f- I forgot? You know, I do that. But you can also, what you should do is take that little tear-off section, tear it off and keep that. That can be a reminder, at least until you lose it like I would do, but... We want to give you just a moment before the ushers come. This is, this is the moment we've been building up to for three weeks. What would God ask you to do? How would God like you to support Norbu, Dave and Sean, and Kenton and Tiffany, and all these organizations we partner with? Those in crisis pregnancies like Alternative Term and Hannah Home. How can you help? Just take a moment. Fill that out. We're going to ask the ushers to come in just a minute. We'll collect. We'll do a benediction. And then next week we'll tell you how much we raised or, or committed to. This, we said before, this is a commitment between you and God. This is vertical. We don't have to know your name because we don't call. We don't check up. We just set the budget. We ask that you be obedient to the Lord. Lord, this morning we come committing ourselves to you, committing ourselves to funding our missions budget so that we can be rope holders for those who are going into the darkness. Lord, we pray today that you would not just challenge us to be rope holders, but Lord, we would be the ones plunging into somebody's darkness. I thank you for those that are ministering in so many areas, taking the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ into dark areas. Just pray now you'd speak to us. May we be obedient to your call. And may Jesus Christ be lifted up 
We'll ask the ushers to come forward at this time and receive your your cards. stand together with me. I got good news. If, uh, if you weren't prepared today to yet put a number on or just weren't quite ready for some reason, uh, there's no statute of limitations on receiving these, pledge, or these commitment cards. Uh, we'll take them next week. You can mail them in. You can do whatever. We'll be collecting them for a few weeks because we know there are people out today. I'll tell you this, though. Already before this week, We've had $22,000 worth of pledges. I keep saying pledges. Commitments turned in. Isn't that great? So that that got us started. And here's some other good news. Um, Last year, during this conference, you committed, through Faith Promise, $165,493. And that, starting November 1st till this end of this October, with two weeks to go, we were within $130 of collecting everything. So thank you so much. Yeah, that's a praise. Someone came up to me, handed me a couple 
$100 after the first service and said, here, we're over. So, <laughs> so I can tell you for certain, I know we're over. So that's a pledge. That's a, that's a praise to God. So we've been able to fully fund our missions budget. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to what we're going to do this year. Thankful, thankful for those we've been supporting. Thankful for those that we're looking to support and do things with. Great things over this next year. You know, the, to close in benediction, um, Paul was thanking his Philippian church for their gracious support for him as a missionary over the years. And he closed his book with this. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. When I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you, but rather I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all that I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphrodites. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this God, the same God, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Go in the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus. Thank you so much.